outside of my six children being born, this is the happiest day of my life. But I will say this to you, the game ball goes to this group back here. To our fans, yes! It's time to go inside the press box. Presented by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 502-384-1450. Now, here's your host, Nick Coffey. Good afternoon. Welcome inside the press box here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. I'm Nick Coffey, the creator and publisher of thecardinalconnect.com. Joining you here on a Tuesday afternoon. Today's edition, as always, is proudly presented to you by Dream JP Perto Realtors. If you're buying or selling a home, there's only one call that you need to make. That's Dream JP Perto Realtors, 458 2722. Plenty of things to get to this afternoon. Now's your opportunity to get involved. 502 384 1450 is the number. That is the Oxmoor Ford Service Department. The Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, I should say. With and, and, and if you if you have not checked out the Oxmoor Ford Service Department, you need to do that. It's located right next to the Oxmoor Mall with a free shuttle service, a clean and comfortable customer lounge. They also have free Wi-Fi, big screens, a business center, and as always, as you could expect, very friendly friendly people that work over there. So check that out. That is the Oxmoor Ford Service Department, and the phone number, the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, is 502-384-1450. We're going to talk with Adam Himmelsbach of the Courier Journal here shortly. Adam is a uh, one of the new guys over there for the Courier. I, I shouldn't say new. He's been there for maybe six months now, maybe longer. I could be wrong. But um, he actually had a, a great interview last night with Kevin Ware to talk a little bit about his injury and, and, and kind of the, uh, I guess, to get feedback from Kevin Ware on the, you know, the all of the, the feedback that he's gotten from uh, and the response that he's gotten from, every, you know, every celebrity you can think of has reached out to Kevin Ware in some way to talk to him about his injury. So we'll talk to him a little bit about that. And uh, we're, we're going to – also, I do want to – I don't want to get too much into Wichita State just yet. We'll get to that later on uh, in the week. We'll talk about that. And also, the biggest the biggest news of today – and I'm fired up, Bacon. I'm fired up for them Lady Cards tonight. They take on Tennessee and a chance to go to the Final Four, their second – the second Final Four in school history. They're the underdog. They've been the underdog um, basically, you know, every game for the last couple weeks – or not the couple last couple games, I should say – um, but they got a big one tonight. It's going to be a tough task. Not, not Tennessee's not nearly as good as as, uh, as Baylor, but it's going to be it's going to be a big one for them. I am. I watched the replay of the Baylor game again today before our show came on at three o'clock, and just got me excited and pumped up. I, I I said on Saturday, the win over Baylor. I was almost excited over that as I was watching Louisville win. I'm sorry, on Sunday watching Louisville go to the Final Four. I I cannot wait to watch tonight's game and see Louisville do what Kentucky has. Had trouble doing for the last couple of decades, and that's beat the Volunteers. Yeah, and I, I think you know, I think they're up for the task. I think that what's really working for Jeff Wall's team is they really are. He somehow has kind of done, you know, maybe a Charlie Strong move where he's really instilled into his team that, that nobody's giving him a shot. Um, somehow they're doubting you. You're not getting enough respect. And they came out there and they definitely played with a lot of emotion and a lot. Of, you know, they played fearlessly against against Baylor, which. I don't think I could go out there and play fairly, fearlessly against <laughs> Brittany Griner. Can you um, name she, one woman off of Tennessee's team? I cannot. Jamaica Holdsclaw still available. <laughs> I mean, I, that's that's the one I was going to. Um, I, that's but no, I don't I don't know a whole lot about. Um, haven't followed Tennessee's women's team this year, but I know they're pretty good. They're the number two seed. They're not the. Let me. I don't know if this makes sense or not. They're not the. When you think of Tennessee Lady Volunteer Basketball, Pat Summit, all that. They're not what they once were. They don't have that prestige that they used to have. They're still a, a program that has as much tradition as anybody in the country. They were second in the SEC behind Kentucky, one game back. They both both Louisville and Kentucky and both Louisville and Tennessee lost to Kentucky this year. They were both beaten by Notre Dame. And the only other combined opponent they had was Louisville beat Texas A and M, 
Tennessee lost to Texas A&M this year. So looking at that, I was thinking Louisville would have a shot against a seven. Oh, they definitely have a shot. You just you wonder how they're going to play. I don't think they're going to make 16 threes like they did <laughs> against Baylor. But if they can somehow keep you know somewhat of a a hot a hot streak going with with a three ball, then they they're going to have a chance. And uh, the shooting clinic they put on against Baylor was unreal. Sixteen of I think sixteen of twenty seven to sixteen of twenty six, something like that. It was. It was on real, but 502-384-1450 is the number if you guys want to get involved. Not a whole lot of breaking news today. There's been a lot um, of reports about Kevin Ware. Uh, the first thing we heard this morning was uh, Luke Wynn of Sports Illustrated updated uh, or uploaded a, a picture on Twitter. It's going to be a cover of Sports Illustrated. It is, it is the uh, probably, I think, the best picture that there is out there of Kevin Ware's injury. And then I, when I say the best picture, obviously none of them are good, but you know that, that's not graphic. That's kind of inspirational. And it is the picture of him laying there as soon as they've got the stretcher out there for him with his teammates crowd around, um, holding all, all locked each other's locked to each other's arms. Um, and it, it, it's I guess I'm assuming I haven't haven't really looked into it much, and I'm not actually sure. But I think Luke Wynn, who is a great writer over there for, over there for Sports Illustrated, he actually wrote the um, the ridiculous article this year and and talked a lot about his experience at Waffle House and whatnot. Uh, but anyways, uh, I, I'm assuming there's going to be an article in there from Luke Wynn about the whole situation. But it, it, it it's kind of Kind of frustrating to see that it took a, you know an injury like that and a reaction like that to for for Louisville to get on the cover of Sports Illustrated because before the season started, despite being the number one overall seed in the tournament, they were one um, they were the only one seed that didn't get on the cover. Which you know I don't know if that was a conspiracy or how that all worked out, but you know it, it's a shame that it took what happened to Kevin Ware for them to actually get the attention. And they're getting it, it's unbelievable how much attention that they're getting from this whole thing and. There's so many people reaching out, and I mean, I, I came in here to sit in to sit in, uh, and, and you know, as soon as as Parent and Bacon wrapped up their show, I came to sit in and get ready for the show, my show to get ready to start. And you know, I, I'm flipping back and forth to both the ESPN channels, and they're talking about it. It's it's everywhere. And and the great news for Kevin today is he was, and it, it, it's it's if you look back at what ha- you know his injury and the the initial reaction when it first happened. I mean, obviously the bone breaking through his skin. You know, you wonder is he ever going to play again? You know, that's that's the first thing. You know, is he, first of all, you want to make sure he's he's okay. He's going to be okay. But uh, I guess the second thing that comes is he ever going to be able to play basketball again? And uh, it's it's unreal this this day in 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 healthcare, which he had the stru- the surgery that he had after the injury that he had. He's already out of the hospital. He returned back this morning. I think at one o'clock this morning he left Indianapolis and came back with his mother and his stepfather. And they uh, he re- reunited with his teammates about two thirty three o'clock today. A lot of pictures uh, going out on Instagram from the players. I know there. Were, I think the uh, the Courier Journal was out there today, getting some. You know, I don't know if they were able to get into the locker room or anything like that. But a lot of coverage, a lot of a lot of a lot of emotion from from Ware and his teammates as they were reunited. And uh, I think uh, there, there's somebody that uh, that I talked with that it actually works around the campus down there where where the Yum practice facility is. And there was six or seven news 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 vans outside waiting to see him come in and. Uh, Kevin Ware has turned into an overnight celebrity. I mean, the guy is he got he's got a verified Twitter account now. He's got up to eighty five thousand followers. And before that, I think he I think he had about two thousand followers before the injury because they're not, you know, open they're not really supposed to be on Twitter a whole lot. And and Kevin and Shane Bahannon had a Twitter account, but they didn't do a whole lot of tweeting. I think they projected their tweets where you had they you basically had to request to be able to see them. And then within a matter of forty eight hours, Kevin Ware is, you know, he, he I mean, uh, Adam uh, Himmelsbach, who we're going to talk to in the next segment from the Courier Journal, I saw on Twitter today where he had somebody from New Zealand reach out about an interview to talk about Kevin Ware's injury. It's it's unreal. Uh, it is amazing. It is sad that it would have to take somebody because he was playing such good basketball. You would hope that we'd get some of the, but because it happens on national television, 
because it's probably the worst basketball on a basketball court. I can't imagine. I can't think into my brain other than maybe when when Bogart I think destroyed his elbow in the NBA last year. Do you remember that clip? Bogut was it Bogut I think yeah. or was it uh, Barnelli? One of the two. I forget. I get the uh, overrated number one European big men that drafted number one overall mixed up. Uh, one, that, other than that, I can't think of anything else on the basketball that ever matches what happened to Kevin Ware. Well, see, one thing that that an injury that to me maybe just because I have a weak stomach for things, Kevin Ware's injury obviously looking is something I never want to have to see again. No. But another injury that that wasn't as serious but looked to be almost, you know, could could have been life threatening was when Luke Luke Whitehead yeah. fell like he did back in Freedom Hall about ten years ago, maybe not that long ago. He got up and walked off. He like an accordion, a human accordion. That the was the, one of the, I mean, he could have, it looked like he almost broke his neck in half. Yeah, and I Somehow, that. I mean, that was, I, that's still talking about that injury. I mean, they, I, it's on YouTube. I think it, they, I think they did some, t- uh, I think it was, I want to say, not TNT, but um, Spike TV did some kind of special on crazy injuries in sports, and that was one of them on there because it's, it's unreal that he got up and walked away. The, but The way he bent was almost as bad as his rap solo disc. <laughs> easy, easy. Hey, I like Luke. <laughs> Luke Whitehead wearing the red. Oh, come Louisville on. Cardinal to the day that I'm dead. Oh, God. 502-384-1450 is the phone number. No more bars from Bacon today. Um, uh. Cut his mic off. Uh, but uh, there's a couple other things I do want to get into today. Obviously, the big news in college basketball as we wait for the Final Four games for this weekend is there's been some coaching hires. Andy Enfield has been hired at, at USC. Um, not a huge surprise. You knew somebody was going to come and grab him. I, I do want to get into kind of my my thoughts on that hire. And also, we've talked about it a little bit on this station in the last couple of days. Steve Al- Steve Alford has been hired. He has left New Mexico to take the job at um, to take the job at UCLA. Kind of a surprise hire, in my opinion. We'll get to some of those things as well. But as I do all the time, I, ch- I always want to open up a question for you guys to, to answer. And usually, I try to think of a question that, that has been asked to me, and I've kind of had to think about it. And if it's something that I have a tough time really finding a definite answer to, then I want to get your thoughts. 502-384-1450. In your lifetime, if you're 70, if you're 50, if you're 30, if you're 20, however old you are, I'm 25 years old, in your lifetime... And obviously, if you if you go back to, you know, I guess if you go back to the 80s, it, it's not necessarily as tough of a question to answer. But in your lifetime, who is the best player to play for the University of Louisville? With with me being 25 years old, Daryl Griffith didn't play for Louisville in my lifetime, so I can't answer Daryl Griffith. Dewan Wheat, I've always said, has, you know, has been the best player that I've really gotten a chance to watch play and then I can remember um, but right now, I, I mean this. I, there's no, I have to say Russ Smith. I'm not saying Russ is my favorite player of all time. He's one of them. I really, I, I really, really enjoyed watching Russ grow as a player over the last few years. He's honestly the most improved player I've seen who's been able to step on campus three years ago and then looking what he is now. It's, it's, it's unbelievable that it's even the same person. But Russ Smith, considering he's now gone to back-to-back Final Fours and he has a chance to win the national championship this year, and if they do win the championship, unless somebody else decides to just go off unbelievably – He's probably going to be the MVP of this entire tournament. I think in my lifetime, 25 years, he is the best player to play for Louisville. And there's obviously a lot of other great players. When you look at individual, individually what they've done, you go back to Terrence Williams, who had a great career. Dewan Weed, as I mentioned, had a great career here at Louisville. Um, Francisco Garcia, Taekwon Dean all had great careers. But looking at the numbers Russ Smith is putting up, and looking at the the wins, not I mean, the, he does play for a really good team, and he has the last two years. And guys like Dewan Wheat didn't play for, didn't play around as much talent. Francisco Garcia, Taekwon Dean, maybe they didn't play around as much talent. So maybe Russ, maybe he, he looks a lot better, and he's able to get to these Final Fours like the other guys weren't able to do because he's got a great team around him. But it's not just the fact that he's he's so good offensively, and his team is winning. 
he gets it done so well on both sides of the ball. It's not just scoring. It's he's probably one of the best. If he stays for his senior year, he's going to shatter that the, the career steals record. Who are, who Peyton Siva holds it now? I mean, Russ played 19 minutes a game last year and set the single season steals record, which is still just unbelievable. You, the one name you haven't thrown out there, and I guess it does. To your question, does matter about whether you like the guy or not. But a name I, I haven't heard you mention that surprised me is Clifford Rogier, the last first team All American Louisville's had. And he was and he, and 18 points, 11 rebounds his junior year before he left. He played briefly, and what year did he leave? He left after 94. And I was five years, six years old. You, but you mentioned Wheat, who was on that same team, is why I kind of bring it up, bring that up. And he was, but he was so disliked for kind of a lot of people think, and I've been accused of saying this. He kind of quit against Arizona in the Sweet 16 that year. With yeah, and, and and things like that. And that's the thing. I don't remember that game, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I've oh. heard about it from everyone. First time I ever heard my grandmother cuss. But <laughs> but but that's that that's it's those kind of things that which is why he wouldn't be in that category. That that was where I was one of the the, the perimeters of the question because a lot of it has to do with with, just with, on with, court, with, with the success yeah. of your team. And I mean, I mean, Taekwondo Dean as a senior. Numbers-wise and all that, he had an unbelievable season, but his team wasn't very good that year, and that's not his fault necessarily. But how good your team is, obviously, I mean, obviously depends on how you know. How and ninety-four team was good. He's ran to a very good Arizona team, too. Sure. And, and and Clifford Rozier, I, mean, I do think the fact that if you stick around a lot longer, I think that makes a difference. And Anthony Davis for Kentucky, not to get off off topic here, but you know, Anthony Davis for Kentucky won National Player of the Year and won a championship. Only played one season, so I can see how he would fall in that. He, regardless, because he only played one year, he's still going to fit up in there in that category. But like guy like John Wall and Demarcus Cousins, who had good 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 years at Kentucky, the thought of anybody ever honoring their numbers or honoring their jerseys—that's just absurd to me because they didn't really do anything. Another name that you think of one year, and I know a little bit doesn't have me, is Samaki Walker. I know he, of course, had came. Yeah, and I remember Samaki Walker being very, very good, but he didn't stay a whole for, for a very long time. A year and, and a half, and, really. And, <laughs> and when he was there, they really weren't a great team. And you could, look, yeah. Louisville is on their way to a national championship. That's why I really think that when you look back, this whole team, you're going to think back of, of them being a part of one of the best Louisville teams. I mean, this they win a championship. This is obviously the best Louisville team in my lifetime. There's no there's no doubt about it. I wasn't around when they won those championships in the 80s. We're going to get to our break, come back on the other side, talk more about that. If you guys want to tweet in at the Card Connector, you can also shoot a text in to the Lotus Gunworks text machine, 502 502- 414-1450. We're going to take our break, come back, talk to Adam Himmelsbach of the Courier-Journal, get a little bit more of an update on Kevin Ware. Adam is one of the very few people that have actually has actually gotten a chance to speak with Kevin Ware personally. So we'll talk to him on the other side. Make sure you guys stick with us here inside the Press Box, presented to you by Dream JP Proto Realtors. Inside the Press Box, presented by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors. To get involved on the show, call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 502-384-1450. Presented by Dream J.P. Pirtle Realtors. To get involved on the show, call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 502-384-1450. Welcome back inside the press box here on 1450, the Sports Buzz, presented to you by Dream JP Pertle Realtors. I'd like to welcome today's guest, Adam Himmelsbach, a columnist for the Courier Journal. Adam, I know it's been a very busy time for the for the last 48 hours for you, keeping up with everything going on with Kevin. Where I appreciate appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on, Nick. 
And 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 you're one of the few people that that it's gotten a chance to actually talk to Kevin Ware. And I, and I know you had a, a great article up last night uh, over at the Cour- CourierJournal.com about the whole injury and all that. But just before we get into some questions about you know his reaction and um, I guess obviously the reaction that it's gotten worldwide, um, is is he seemed to? Is, you think he's still in shock that this whole thing kind of happened, or is he just kind of just, I guess trying to adjust because he, he's literally overnight become one of the most famous people on the planet? Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. I mean, like LeBron James is corresponding with him on Twitter, and Charles Barkley is calling him on his cell phone. It's um, he's become. I mean, you know, the national news has picked it up, like CBS and ABC. It's no longer just a sports story. Um, and and he said it's been it's been nice to know that people care. That was the biggest thing I took from that. Like he's just humbled that people care about him. He never realized that people care, and a lot obviously a lot of these people didn't didn't know much about him a week ago, but now they do, and they're just kind of touched by his story, and not just what happened to him, but the way he handled it. I think that's the biggest thing. It's not just this is a kid that had an injury. It's like they've heard how he was grabbing his teammates saying, don't worry about me, just win this game, and they've heard how he, the first thing he did when he called his mom was say, Mom, you know, calm down, it's going to be okay. You know, Just the way he's, he's handled it with like, such grace, I think. Exactly, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that's what really makes it, although it's a terrible situation. I mean, the guy had a, a gruesome injury. Uh, he's going to have a, ro- a long road to recovery, um, but it was the way he handled it. I mean, I, I, it's something you'd see in a movie, a guy laying there with, with you know his leg broken the way that it is, and he's screaming for his teammates to keep fighting and keep winning. And uh, I really enjoyed seeing the, the, the quote you had in there about Luke Hancock re- leaning down to kind of, I guess, to pray with him real quick. And from then on, Kevin said he was kind of back. To, I think he's, the actual thing he said was he was in Kevin mode and just was, was focused on the team. Um, I'll be honest with you, I was a little surprised to, to see Luke Hancock. I mean, I, I know they're all close, but Luke Hancock seems to be um, the leader of this team. He's a guy who had never played a minute for Louisville because he sat out last year and was voted as a team captain. Um, and I didn't realize that, that, you know, I'm sure all the guys on the team are very close, but I, that was something that I, I that really stood out to me from that interview. And his parents had, um, I know you talked to his parents as well, They I think it was his, his mother and his stepfather who've actually traveled in town and his dad in New York uh, the, the the comment that he had that he, he felt helpless. There was nothing he could do um, for his son. Do you know if his dad is going to try to make it to the Final Four as well? He told me he's uh, planning to give it a try. Uh, this is I haven't talked to him today, but yesterday he said if if Kevin goes, he's going to do everything he can to get there. Sure. And, and uh, Kevin, Kevin so. came back in town today, um, which I still think that's it's it's pretty unreal how quickly he's back up. Obviously, he's on crutches, but the fact that he's already back in town and, and is going to be able to go to Atlanta, I think is great. And also, there's doctors that have said that, that he could potentially be back on the court within six months. I don't know if that means rehabbing within six months or actually playing. It just kind of seems like it's I – mean, I thought that was incredibly too quick. Were you surprised by that as well? Oh, a little bit. I actually, right after he had the injury, I was talking to a couple of few surgeons um, just to get kind of get their sense on. You know, they they see injuries such as this more frequently than you and I do. And one of them even said three months. And I think he he didn't realize that it was a compound fracture. I think he hadn't realized it had punctured the skin. But another surgeon, she's actually this Pittsburgh Steelers surgeon. She gave that same time frame. She was aware of the injury, and she said six to eight months um, generally. I think. The thing is, with bone, is once it once it heals, it's it's generally better, you know. It's, and actually, they say it actually grows back stronger. And I'm obviously no like medical expert by any means, but that's the sense they've given me. So it's the kind of thing. Once it heals, you're you're generally okay. You have to go to rehab to strengthen the leg and keep your circulation going. But in terms of getting back and being his old self again, it sounds like there's a good chance. And Kevin said that yesterday. He said doctors have said. Um, 
he could be back in six months. My my guess, just total guess, would be that that's probably the best case scenario. You know, yeah, there's always going to be complications or something like that. But still, I mean, could you imagine? Like next November, seeing him out on the court after this, it would be amazing. It would be unreal. It, 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 it honestly, I, I, you know, when you first see that something like that happen, you wonder if he's ever going to be able to play again. And then to hear that, um, that, that he, you know, he could eventually be playing next season is just unreal. But I have heard a lot of people kind of mention that issues like this, if it does heal, you know, all things go well, that this actually is something that's easier to come back for. And I guess not as nagging if you were to, you know, tear a ligament in an ACL or an MCL or something like that. So that, that is the positive side of it. Adam Himmelsbach is my guest here joining me inside the press box. He's a sports columnist for the Courier-Journal. Uh, appreciate you taking the time with us, Adam. Uh, but real quick, to get back to, I guess, the team as a whole, they're going to have to move on without Kevin Ware. They're coming off at a very emotional weekend that they had finishing that game. Um, but when it comes to the X's and O's and on the court, how do you how big of an impact do you think it is to not have Kevin Ware? They only need two more games in order to, to claim that national championship, but it, it seemed like Ware had really started to come into his own right as soon as he went down. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to hurt them. I mean, he's, he's played extremely well um, after he you know, had a couple of rough bumps earlier this season, and now he's really become a big part of this team, big key. He's a huge part of their press, uh, especially toward the end of games. The, the ability to rotate him in while other teams might be like six or seven deep that are just getting worn down, and you can throw him out there uh, fresh and ready, uh, and that, that's a huge edge. But I think, having said that, they have, yes, Wichita State has played great, but I think if you're a Louisville fan, you still have to be pretty glad that you're going to face Wichita State in a national semifinal, you know. And then you look on the other side and you see a Syracuse team that you just beat by 17 a week ago after, and that was two weeks after going to the Carrier Dome and beating them. Um, so I think they'll be okay with Adam. Obviously, they would rather have him out there, but I think they, this team is so deep um, that, that as long as they don't get in foul trouble, that they, they should be all right. Sure, I agree, and, and and hopefully hopefully you are correct. Um, and you got like I said, you you're one of the few people that's gotten a chance to talk with Kevin. Um, I got to think just by judging the reaction that I saw from him on Twitter of all the celebrities that reached out to him to wish him well. I got to think LeBron James was the one that got him the most excited. Did he did he comment anything about that? Uh, he didn't get into specific, specific uh, you know who who he enjoyed most, but he did say how much it's meant just to have this outpouring of Twitter affection. And if you look at like his feed. He's responding to pretty much everyone um, who tweets at him, even even people who are not celebrities. Uh, I think he's just really enjoyed people caring. He's enjoyed people taking the time out to say, "Hey, feel better," you know, thinking about you, that type of stuff. Um, and it's and it's helping him. It's it, it's it's helping him. Um, in the recovery process. In the story you posted last night, as I'm sure you've gotten a whole lot of attention, as I mentioned, you're one of the few that's gotten a chance to talk to him. I saw on Twitter today you had a call from a radio station in New Zealand that wanted to talk about Kevin Ware. Is that the is that the craziest place you've heard from, or has it pretty much been people around the entire country reaching out to try to talk a little bit more about this story? I mean, I'm sitting here right now looking on ESPN, and I can see that they're even uh, the, the Around the Horn folks were talking about it. Yeah, that was, it definitely caught me by surprise, but it just shows how how big this story is and um like i said it, it's transcended sports at this point and it's and it's worldwide and the the when i talked to them their their radio host was saying how people there were kind of pulling for him and thinking about him and that sort of thing and that's that's pretty wild i mean I, honestly i didn't even know that they watched like the ncaa tournament there and maybe they don't they may have just seen this this crazy highlight and i guess highlights by the wrong word but this footage of this crazy injury and um, kind of want to know more about the story, but just the fact that it's literally become a worldwide story is it's 
pretty crazy. No, I agree, and I don't, and I don't know how you can be in, in the United States, particularly, and, and not have at least heard about it. it. It is literally dominating not just sports, as you mentioned earlier, but the entire world is talking about this injury. But Adam, I know you're a busy guy, and I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, who knows, maybe, maybe we'll have you on sometime soon. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll be at the Final Four, so anytime you guys need, let me know. Just preferably not while I'm like having some awesome Atlanta food. I heard, I heard it's pretty good down there. <laughs> All right, man. We'll take care, Adam. What's good? That is Adam Himmelsbach of the Courier Journal. He's a sports columnist over there. Uh, his story last night was great because you actually finally got a chance to to get quotes from Kevin Ware. And as he mentioned, Adam mentioned, you know, Kevin was really just, I think, in shock of all the people that reached out to him and to hear that people to hear that people, you know, cared and and wanted to wish him well. And the best quote I've seen today from from from, from Kevin was the fact that he was just so surprised at how being himself and worrying about the team in a time like that, that's what has made this such a huge story. Obviously, people are reaching out to him to wish him well because he went through a terrible, terrible injury. But at the same time, what makes it even more of a story, you know, it, it, the reason that it's a cover for ESPN is what happened after the injury, when he's laying there on the court going through the pain that he's going through, and he's able to, you know, to pull through and and just wish wishes tell his team, don't worry about me, get this win, putting the team first. It's it's pretty interesting stuff. It actually still gives me goosebumps to a degree. Oh, I'm yes, not gonna lie. It, I mean, I still do thinking about that. The picture of, of the team, and, and last night seeing the, the from from um, and if you have, if you have not checked out Adam's article over at CourierJournal.com, make sure you guys do check that out. He talked to uh, I think he talked yesterday with Kevin Ware's dad, and also with Kevin, obviously, and just a lot of great quotes from there and. The, the you know the story about how Kevin said he was in, initially he was in shock didn't didn't know what to do and then Luke Hancock comes over um, puts his hand on his chest and is talking with him and you know says a says a, a small prayer and then from then on he said he was relaxed and he was he was in Kevin mode and that's I mean it's something you write a book on I mean it's it's that big of a story and it's that literally you can't you can't turn it to any TV station whether it be sports or not and not see something about this it's a story that even Hollywood make a movie yet they don't even have to alter it they can just go straight through the line and, and make a movie especially if Kevin Ware comes back if the quickness they're talking about him coming back blows my mind because when I first saw it happen Nick I mean I literally I thought his career was over I, I mean that was the first thing I thought was this poor kid's career is over when I saw it happen and when I started coming down from the emotion thinking okay maybe it's a year year and a half till he comes back to hear the reports of six months eight months I mean, that, that almost blows my mind. It a does bit. blow my mind, and you, you and, and I know they're I not going to bring him back. back. Yeah, they're not going to rush him back. They're not going to bring him back too soon. I still, it would really surprise me. And I'm not a medical professional by any means. No. And you look at you know Adrian Peterson, who tore his ACL, came back and won the MVP in the NFL. That just shows you how you know the medical world is these days. Thing you know the advancement in healthcare is unreal. But the thought of him actually not redshirting next year and playing is just it's it doesn't even seem like it would be a possibility. But you, I guess. I guess we'll see what happens. Yes, I guess you're right. We will, but Louisville does need him next year. But they will I don't need him. He will be back. important. But five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty is the phone number. I want to take our second break a little early today. Come back, open up the phone lines. Five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty is the number. And the question that I asked in the first segment: In your lifetime, doesn't matter how old you are. If you're if you're seventy years old, you got a lot of players to choose from. I'm twenty five, so I don't have quite as many. But who is the best player in your opinion? Not not your not your favorite player. Could be your favorite player too, but not necessarily your favorite player that you you've been a fan of. But who is the best player for Louisville since you've been since you've been alive since you've been cheering for the Cardinals? I said mine is Russ Smith. It it, it really took me it took some deep thinking for me to really have to, to is is it true? But I think it is. I think what you you look at what he does on both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively, back to back Final Fours, 
I can't, I, I can't, I mean, obviously you can make an argument for a couple of other guys, but considering the overall team success since he's been here, how big, you know, he carried Louisville last year to a Final Four at times. I mean, or the, I mean, obviously, Siva played better in the tournament. Shane Mahanen had a big role in, in that, uh, the second weekend. But Russ Smith's, there's times where that, I mean, if you really, if you take Russ Smith off of that team, had they might not even have been in the tournament. I mean, there was games where they just were down to, to bad teams and he would pull pull one of his just, Russ Smith five minute runs like that. So I, I'm going with Russ Smith. Would would love to hear what you guys think. 502 384 1450 is numbers. Also, a lot of other things we can get to as well in this last segment coming up, especially the women's the women's game tonight as they take on Tennessee for a chance to get to the final four. We'll be back. Make sure you stick with us here inside the press box. Presented to you by Dream JP Proto Realtors. are inside the press box presented by dream jp purtle realtors to get involved on the show call in on the oxmoor ford lincoln buzz line at Back inside the press box here on 1450, the Sports Bus, presented to you by Dream JP Pearl Realtors. Nick Hovey, you're hanging out with you until 6 o'clock. Got about 12 minutes left in the show. 502-384-1450 is the phone number. And the question that I've asked in your lifetime, however old you are, you could be 70, you could be 10, you could be 20. I don't care how old you are. In your lifetime, who is the best player? Not your favorite. Who's the best player to play for Louisville? We'll get to some of those. I've got some tweets um, coming in about that. We'll read that. But another, a couple other things I do want to get to real quick because I mentioned them at the opening of the show. And one thing that I do a whole lot is always mention topics that I never get to because I'm only on air for an hour here. But uh, a lot of coaching changes going on right now. And uh, a lot of guys lost their job, which means there's a lot of a lot of coaching, a lot of spots open. And the two biggest ones that we've heard about today, uh, not today, but this week, I guess I should say, the last few days, is uh, Andy Enfield, former coach of, of Florida Gulf Coast, the biggest Cinderella story this year. Um, guy's got a great looking wife. The guy who is just he's he's literally on top of the world, and that continues as he's been hired at USC. And and then. Uh, New Mexico former head coach Steve Alford, surprisingly, just a week after agreeing to a 10-year extension with New Mexico, decides he's going to take the job at UCLA. Um, and also Tubby Smith, guy who lost his job at Minnesota just recently, now is being, um, doesn't sound like it's official, but they are working out a deal to make him the next coach at Texas Tech. And just a, a whole lot going on. And really, when you look at the, I think it's very obvious when somebody makes a, an instinct an instinct, quick reaction, quick decision without thinking it through. And I think that's what USC did with Andy Enfield. Not that the guy can't coach. you got to give him a lot of credit taking a program that just started basketball 10 years ago there, and now he gets him to the Sweet 16, had him playing with a lot of confidence. Definitely seems like a player's coach for sure. Um, but USC had never heard of the guy probably you know a month ago. 
And now because he has the run that he does, you just, it, it, and the guy who knows what his you know his relationships in in, in California are recruiting that area. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. I just it, it reminds me of the Billy Gillespie hire for Kentucky whenever he beats Rick Pitino in Rupp Arena when he was at Texas A and M, and then you get turned down by Billy Donovan, you get turned down by Jay Wright, and, and Rick Barnes turns you down as well, and then you just decide, okay, well, but Billy Donovan, or I'm sorry, uh, Billy Gillespie goes out and beats Rick Pitino. He's he's the flavor of the month. Let's just hire him, and that looks like that's what happened with USC. Not a job that a lot of people wanted. Josh Pastner was a was a candidate for it at one time, and. You know, who knows? Maybe he'll do well. Uh, he obviously did a did a lot uh, to get the attention that he deserved at Florida Gulf Coast. And then Steve Alford in New Mexico. I don't know how that's going to work out. It all I think it all depends. I'm sorry, Steve Alford, Steve Alford leaving New Mexico to go to UCLA. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. I think a, I think he's a guy who can who can coach a little bit, but I also think it really depends on how he's going to recruit. If he can bring the talent in there, if he can keep that West Coast California talent at, at UCLA, then I think he'll do fine. Um, but it, it was it was interesting to see how many people actually turned that job down before they actually found a coach because I thought that's a you know that's a that's a job that people run to. I mean you you have your resume in hand on a flight to to California. I just think it's that it's you know it, it's it's that big of a job. But five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty is the phone number. Got some tweets coming in about my question. In your lifetime, who is the who is the best player to play at Louisville? Um, underscore P-E-R-S-H, I believe it's just Persh. He says, he's 28 years old, he says Francisco Garcia. Francisco was good. Um, and I guess the, it's it's fair to say if a guy leaves, you can only judge on the time he was there and not you know, what he could have done. Um, but I'm considering Russ Smith as being gone after this year. I hope he sticks around. Um, under Chris Bishop, L1C4, says Dewan Wheat and Clifford Rozier. He's 34 years old. So uh, Rozier getting some love is Trevor when it, Bacon was dying for for Rozier to get a little. He's bit of in love. my Ains rage right there, 33, 34 years old. He's right there with me. He remembers. And uh, at AA in the underscoreville says I've never seen I, I I have seen everybody since 1986. A lot of face, but the best is either LeBradford Smith or Russ Smith. But LeBradford is a very good example there too. I didn't I didn't see a whole lot of him play, um, but I do know that he he's a guy who has that assist record that I doubt anybody's ever going to beat. I can't believe he had the assist record. I've watched LeBradford play. It blows my mind that he actually owns that record. At A Dog Baller says Taekwon Dean didn't start watching Louisville until 2005, which uh, he's 23, which, you know, you didn't, I, I guess you didn't see the guys before that, which is why Taekwon Dean, if you've only been watching that long, I guess that, I guess he falls in there. I still just don't see how Russ Smith is, isn't getting the, um, you know, not, he shouldn't be overwhelming, but in the way, you know, he, he should, you look at the numbers, and if they win a championship this year, his career is going to go down as one of the best in the last. 30 years, and I mean that. Um, at Tonzaga, my buddy Anthony says that's a tough one, but I'm going to t- go with a tie. Dewan Wheat and Clifford Rozier again. Clifford Rozier getting some love, Bacon. <laughs> that's right. And, and then um, at CamX502XS says, for football, Michael Bush. For B-ball, it's either Ellis Miles or Tyquan Dean. Love Ellis Miles to death. I but like I'm not that sh- one. I know I like that Ellis Miles because that was a guy. I mean, he showed so much heart. He had a great career. I mean, without Ellis Miles, it was a big, big piece to their success. To Illinois. Yeah, he had a big part, but as far as the best player to play for the Louisville, I don't know. I think people are getting their favoritism kind of in the way here. <laughs> I man, vote David Pageant. <laughs> at, the Kelly, at, at the Kelly Patrick says um, Samaki Walker, he's, and he's 29 years old, so that's that's what falls up there. You don't him. remember Walker's Louisville playing days as much, do you? I mean, I was younger, but I remember him. I remember him being very good. I remember being young and knowing he was 
the best player to play for Louisville as far as notoriety NBA wise since I you know that that, that, that you age. remember at that yeah. point yeah that's what see him and Rozier and I remember his suit at the draft <laughs> yeah of course Rashad Myers wore a similar suit on the Sunday night sports buzz uh, during the selection I think Sunday. it was the exact same one it was without <laughs> the hat now they fall him and Rozier the fall into that category like I said of being just kind of frowned upon because of their off the court stuff Rozier kind of moped around and left the way he did after his junior year and the way he played against Arizona and just seemed like he didn't care to a degree. And Samaki got Louisville in trouble a little bit with his off-the-court stuff. And he was only here, like I said, a year and a half because he had so many legal problems and injury problems his sophomore year that he barely got to play. But and he's a he, guy who was really good, but I'm not sure if people really will, uh, you know, will will think of him to be the I think they know he was good, but we're looking at what he did. It's all about, it's kind of what you do for Louisville. Clifford Rozier was really good, but what did he do for Louisville? Louisville was very good in the, the three-year span he was Sure, here. but I mean, that's, I mean, Terrence Williams and, and Terrence Williams and Earl Clark aren't being mentioned by anybody, and they were really good players, but, you know, and, and they got to two Elite Eights, which is fine, but, you know, uh, more people, and one name that I haven't mentioned yet, but I'm going to get to now, at Zach underscore Web 93, he's 20 years old. He says Reese Gaines by a long shot. Reese should definitely be up there. Reese is one of the one of the three players that scored, I think, 2,000 yes. points here at Louisville. He's a, one of the best players to ever probably, and I didn't say Reese, but I, I have no problem saying in my lifetime of watching Louisville, Reese Gaines was my favorite player. Um, so I think Reese has got to be up there in conversation. If we have enough time. and Where's I, Nate I, Johnson's vote if, at? <laughs> he was really good, too. If, if we have enough time, I don't think we're going to. We only have five minutes left in today's show. I will run down my, fa- my five, not favorite, but in my opinion, my 25 years on this earth, the five best players uh, in Louisville history. But um, – uh, Pat at Kachek at, at Kachek says people people say Russ Smith only better because of his teammates. Ask this: Did Daryl Griffith play with great players? And he says, "Yeah." So I guess that's that's Kachek. That's that's the mayor actually saying that he 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 has to say Russ Smith, in his opinion, is the best as well. Well, well Jeff on the text machine, I love his vote. I think B.J. Flynn is the best. He has more YMCA titles than any former college basketball player in America. I'm sure that was some kind of attempt of a, of a joke, um, but, you know, whatever. Oh, B.J. Flynn was a great player, Lil. You don't remember? You remember I would say he was a great player. He was a good player. He uh, was the spunky kid that took the charge. I'm trying to read through all these tweets, and you keep cutting me off, Bacon. Yeah, Pipe down it. over there. Um, <laughs> at Honky, under, I'm going to just stop reading these absurd Twitter handles, but Honky Kong 69 is 18, and he says Reese Gaines and Taekwon Dean. Uh, my dad, who I literally, my dad just tweeted at me on on the show here. This is like history. My dad, I don't think he's ever tweeted before ever. And I, I set him up with a Twitter account when we were in New York for the Big East tournament. He says the Griff, and my dad is, you know, I'm not even gonna say his age. He's an old schooler, so he's saying Griff all the time. Which I, I think right now, I don't know. I wasn't around then, but from what I know, and and looking at what he's done after he left Louisville and the championship, I think Griff is the best player to ever play for Louisville, in my opinion. Um, by the way, my dad, his his Twitter. If you do want to follow him, at Mark Coffee Twelve. So go go check that out. I thought he was out. the Honky Kong guy. No, my dad is not Honky Kong Sixty Nine. Um, Chris Nugent 06 says Larry O'Bannon. Um, Larry, I, I think people are literally getting you know getting the the fanhood thing, their favorite player in the way because you know I I think Larry O'Bannon was great, but to, to say that in the last twenty four years he's the best player to play for Louisville. I just don't think that's accurate. Just my opinion. Um, and different. Uh, this guy says difference between favorite and the best. And his NC for three is his Twitter handle. He says T Will, um, which I think T Will is really really good. When you consider what T Will could do, when you consider what T Will could do on both sides of the ball, kind of like Russ Smith. He didn't get the Final Four, didn't get the championship. But as far as what he did for Louisville in the time he was here, how much better he got, and the fact that he did it all from rebounding, passing, defense, scoring, I think T Will deserves to be up there. Um, at LCKSS Cards says, I'm 50, best player in my time, Daryl Griffith. Uh, T.Hood on Twitter says, Reese Gaines because of the epic battles with Dwayne Wade and, and Kareen in Conference USA. And also, um, 
And I got more responses for um, a lot of people who've been alive in a certain, I mean, my man Tonzaga, my buddy Anthony, brings up a really good point on Twitter. How could anybody that was alive from, you know, 85 to 89 not say Purvis Ellison? We have not heard anybody say Purvis good Ellison. Good point. I didn't think that's, about that. That's bizarre. What about Gorgie Jang from this year's team? You mentioned Russ Smith's impact. What about Gorgie Jang's impact? Since he's he'll be, he'll be, a, he'll be, I don't know if he'll be one of the top five in my lifetime, but Gorgie's impact and his his presence has, has been big too. What you keep doing is you keep trying to bring people up to to, to, to kind of take over. And I'm not, because I, I'm only saying one person. I'm saying the best, not the top 30. So you bringing, you, we, you want to keep mentioning names as if I'm disrespecting people. Bacon. You are. You're disrespecting. The Jang. Everybody that's <laughs> ever played here is the best player of all time. I guess that's that's how Bagan wants to do it. But um, a young guy on Twitter, the, he's only 16, at the real D Will 10, he says Russ Smith. Um, and then at Kellen Bale says best is T Will favorite David Paget. Um, you're going to have to fight Kellen Bale because Bacon, you've got man crush rights to David Paget. Oh, yes. Only matched by Montrez Harrell recently. And J Beam1 on Twitter says, I'm 45 years old. Griff and Wheat were the best. That's that's kind of where I put them, but I I hate as much as I hate to do this. I mean, I had a Dewan Wheat poster in my bedroom as a child. I think Russ is he's better, and 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 I, this guy agrees with me at U of L underscore card dot underscore fan. I think I'm reading. I'm I'm done with the tweet. You guys just need to get your Twitter handles in check because I can't read them on air. For I'm going to start cussing or something. Um, but he's he's 33. He says Russ Smith as well. The guy can flat out score. Wish he would come back for one more year. I, I gotta agree with you. I wish he would come back for one more year as well, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I think there's half there, there's half of the the NBA that if they have you know 15 to 30, if they've got a pick, I don't see how they don't take a chance on a guy like Russ. We're out of time. We'll come back tomorrow. Talk a little bit more about Wichita State, a team who we've not talked about yet. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of other things to get to as well. Make sure you guys stick with us here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. This has been another edition of Inside the Press Box, presented to you by Dream JP Proto Realtors.